0: Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, podcast 122. This is being done on my netbook because my laptop battery still has not gotten to me. So hopefully, since everything else is the same, you shouldn't notice any difference. But if there is any difference in sound quality, that would be why. And we'll probably return to regular sound next week. I got invited to the Hearthstone beta last Friday. So, I talk about that in the first section. Because I am awesome and super helpful and super friendly on the Facebook page and the forums, I was also invited to be a Blizzard MVP. I don't know how many of them there are, I'm pretty sure there are very few of them, but it's pretty much like just Blizzard recognizing a community member for basically being awesome and super friendly. I get a title and special color on the forums, and I have the emails to directly contact the Blizzard community people. So I can bring, you know, important stuff to their attention or ask them questions. I don't know how much special treatment I will get, but it might be cool to see. Plants vs. Zombies 2 is finally out. I believe it's iOS specific. So unless you have an iPhone or iPad, you are out of luck, at least for now. Kick-Ass 2 is out. So when do you see that in theaters? Sadly, it's not in 3D. I mean, probably wouldn't have had a whole lot added to it in 3D, but I don't know. I always prefer stuff in 3D. And that's all I have to talk about this time, so hopefully you'll enjoy the show. The Hearthstone beta started last Friday, and I got in pretty quickly after it was announced. Since then, I have played a ridiculous amount of hours, probably somewhere around 30 to 40 hours. Hearthstone is a collectible digital card game by Blizzard Entertainment. It is only based on the Warcraft properties, so Warcraft the strategy game, World of Warcraft, and the Warcraft comics. I believe most of the sound and visuals are taken from World of Warcraft, so if that's all you're familiar with, I think you'll have a lot of nostalgia in terms of sounds and names of stuff on the cards. If you are not familiar with collectible card games, the basic premise is you will build a deck, or pick one which is pre-constructed, And during your turn you will gain mana, and with that mana you will cast cards, and the cards will do various things. They will do direct damage to other cards, or they will put down minions who can attack the other minions or the heroes. And there's lots of little special things, like if a minion has taunt, then it has to be targeted first. And there's things like stealth, where if the minion has not moved, it will be in stealth and can't be targeted. So if you are into strategy and have not played a collectible card game before, I would highly recommend you take a look and see if you like it. It will be free to download and play. Right now it is in beta, but it should be launching before the end of the year, so in a few months. And they have said that anybody who applies for beta will eventually get in. As you accomplish stuff, you will win boosters, and those boosters are... Five cards each and it will add to your collection. And the bigger your collection is, the more cards you have to pick from and the more decks you can make. There are nine classes and they're pretty much split into sort of different styles, many of which are similar to what they do in Warcraft. As example, I most often play a mage and a mage is more based on direct damage and controlling the board. whereas something. You know, I'm not totally familiar with it, but something like Hunter focuses a lot on beasts. So they have a lot of special class abilities that enhance beasts and summon beasts and do various beast things. So based on your personal style in terms of, you know, what you like in strategy, as well as a particular style of a class, you'll have, you know, several options as to, you know, I want a deck like this. There is a tutorial, and while it could use you know, a lot more details, it is pretty solid as it is now. It will take you through a series of, I believe it was five matches, and explain the basics of, you know, do this with this. And after, you know, a few explanations, it will say, okay, finish off, you know, this bad guy with what you know. And the bad guys aren't like a real match, you know, they're sort of practice bad guys. So they'll have less hit points, or they'll have a very limited deck, Each training, you know, gets bigger and teaches you more concepts about the game. So if you have not played a collectible card game at all in your life, fear not. There is a tutorial, and it should teach you everything you need to know in terms of basics. Once you have finished the tutorial, you only have the Mage class unlocked. You also only have a very limited number of cards. Each class you unlock has sort of a free deck you can use. So you don't have to worry about, you know, not having any cards and not being able to build a deck. You can use that basic deck, you know, as long as you want. So I would actually recommend when you start the game, you know, play through the class, get the base class cards, which you will get a couple of cards every few levels until you hit level 10. And just go through and find one that you like pretty well, and then unlock as many as you can with that one that you like. And then, you know, as you unlock them, try out the different ones and see, you know, if you like that other style more. My first day, I played three hours. And in that time, I'd gotten the mage up to, I think it was level 12. I unlocked six of the nine classes. And I had gotten a few of the other classes to, like, level four to six, depending. So if you only have, you know, an hour or two the first time you pick up the game, Don't worry, that's plenty of time. You can do lots of stuff. And it is designed for quick play. I would say a game lasts anywhere between about 5 to 10 minutes if it's an average game. Maybe 10 or 15 minutes if it's a longer game. But the games aren't that long at all. Mostly the strategy in the game will come from your particular deck building or you know, figuring out what you want to do in terms of your move, you know, with the cards you have during the game. It's designed to be, you know, very fast and very cool to watch and listen to. So mostly, you know, once you get into the game, it's actually pretty quick. As I mentioned, when you unlock a class, you will have a base deck that you can use unlocked. And I would highly recommend before you try and make your own deck, that you play till at least level 10 with that particular class. That way, not only are all of the basic cards unlocked for you, but you'll have, you know, a pretty strong understanding of how those basic cards work. I would probably also recommend that you not try until you get at least five boosters, because each booster has five cards. And so if you think about that, you know, five boosters is 25 cards divided by nine classes. You know, you're only going to have three expert quote-unquote cards for that class so you're going to be you know really limited right when you start off you're going to have to win some matches get some cards get some boosters and you know sort of build up your collection before you can make any solid decks. I think one of the biggest frustrating points in the game is when people try to make a deck too early and they don't have a really good blend of cards to support it and then you know they get beaten a lot and then they just kind of get depressed. So, I would say, you know, definitely stick with the basic deck for, you know, a while until you're comfortable and feel confident in making a deck. Don't just slap one together. One thing to watch out for when you first start the game is that it is tempting to play as fast as you can because there's a lot of action and a lot of sort of visual stuff going on and that the sounds sound really awesome. It seems like, you know, something you want to play really fast. And, you know, because you're new and it's exciting, you you probably will play too fast. But remember, it is a strategy game. It is very important, you know, in terms of what order you play certain cards. Like some cards will have this thing called a battle cry, which means that happens when you play them. And let's say you have no minions on the board. You play one minion. It's just a regular minion. You play another minion that has a battle cry and that let's say gives another minion plus 1 attack and plus 1 health if you play them in the correct order the first one goes down and then the second one goes down and boosts him but if you go fast and you play the one with the battle cry first then his battle cry won't go off because there's nobody on the field to you know have that battle cry effect so you have to be very careful in terms of you know turn order which cards do you play you know in what order and also you want to try and remember that Most games are probably only going to go between 10 and 15 turns, I would guess. So every turn is kind of a lot more important than it seems. Even those early turns that you can finish really super fast, you know, you don't always want to finish them really super fast. I really like the game overall. I would say it's in a very solid state. Obviously, I've played it quite a bit, so I like it a lot. It is going to be free to play and download when it comes out, so if you are interested in collectible card games at all, I would highly recommend you keep your eye out for it. If you have applied for beta or have already gotten in, any progress you make will be wiped when they flip it to being a launched product, but you will get the money you spent back in gold. So if you buy boosters or you go into the arena, then, you know, you'll get that money back. I would recommend you not go into the arena right away. And I kind of forgot to mention what that was, but we can backtrack a little bit. There are two modes of play. One is a duel, one-on-one between two people. That can be ranked, so you get ladder standing. Or it can be unranked, in which case, you know, it doesn't matter for your ladder standing. The other mode is called the arena. And the arena is kind of special because it has sort of a random choice in terms of building your deck. You'll be presented with a choice of three cards, and you pick a card, and then you do that until you have a complete deck. So if you don't have, you know, a full collection of cards and you feel like, you know, these people that do are beating you a lot, you can try the arena, and then, in theory, you know, the, the playing field is level because it's randomly offering you cards from the entire set. So it's sort of a special sealed deck tournament style if you are into that you can win prizes at the end of it so it's pretty fun to do as well I would say if you are into collectible card games at all you should definitely try it out I would say if you really enjoyed Magic the Gathering in the early years back you know when it only had like one or two expansions and it wasn't overly complicated I would say then you should definitely check out Hearthstone because it does have a very similar kind of feel. There is a little bit more in terms of this can counter this. Like as example from Mage, there is this card called Polymorph, and it will turn any creature into a 1-1 sheep, one attack and one health. So somebody drops down like a really expensive card, maybe it costs eight mana, and it's a 10-10 creature. You know, that could be really dangerous. But if you are playing Mage and you have Polymorph, just poof, now it's a sheep. So there are ways to balance, you know, the really heavy cards versus the really light cards. And in terms of deck building, you know, there are certain strategies you want to kind of always keep in your deck. You know, something like that, which I call, you know, removal. It's always very important to have, you know, some of those in your deck. But you do have a limited number of cards you can have total. And so, you know, you have to balance how much sort of denial slash removal slash control do I want? How many minions do I want? How many buffs do I want? And it gets very complicated and very cool. And so far it seems really balanced and really cool. You certainly have to be on your toes. You just can't throw whatever cards out there. So like I said, you know, if you are into collectible card games, I would highly recommend it. Aha! I have done it! Behold the absolute power! Be your undoing, but I'm in charge of you face to Ratchas, you face to Ratchas, and it all lords of the burning legion. You face to Ratchas, you face to Ratchas, and it all lords of the burning, burning, and Ratchas, you face to Ratchas, and it all lords of the. I may or may not do a deck building strategy section in the future. If I do, I will probably make some kind of special intro music for it. But I thought I might give some people some general tips on deck building if they have not played a collectible card game before. Hopefully this will help you understand things and be not something that confuses you more, because that would be terrible. The cards in Hearthstone come in two basic categories. One is class-based cards, which are restricted to the hero slash class you are using. And the other one, I don't know if there's an official name for it, but let's call it untyped cards. So you pretty much have this pool of class slash hero-based cards, and then sort of a generic pool that anyone can use. Basically, with any deck you design, there can be three, I guess you could say, roles that the hero can play in the deck and the hero determines the class and the class determines, you know, the type of cards and style of the deck. The first style I would call hero-focused and that's something where your hero is doing almost everything. I would say you might want to go as far as 20 hero cards and then have 10 for supporting that. The next style I would call a balanced or even style, and that would be where the hero has an equal number of cards as regular cards. The third style I would call hero support, and that would be something where maybe you have 20 of the untyped cards and maybe only 10 or 12 of the hero type cards. And as you play, you'll figure out, you know, if you like using generic type cards, if you like a particular style of you know, the hero cards, and how those class-based cards work in terms of, you know, your style. As example, I really like Mage a lot. There's a lot of direct damage and sort of board control. So my main deck is pretty much a hero-focused Mage deck. Like I said, there's a lot of direct damage, and there's some AE, and there's a few kind of things like the Polymorph, which turns people into sheep. Which is always hilarious. So, I've always got, you know, several options as to, you know, how I want to attack the guys and which guys I want to attack. So, that pairs, you know, very well with a hero focused deck. Something like one of the classes I do not play really at all, which would be Hunter, would be pretty much the complete opposite. I would say Hunter would pair very well in sort of a support or even type role. Because they have a lot of things that are, you know, plus to beasts. And there are a lot of beast minions in the generic cards. And Hunter, you know, has some beasts in their own class cards. But most of those would come, you know, from the generic pool. So decide, you know, what kind of role you want your hero to play in your deck. And, you know, build around that. There are also three different overall styles of decks. There is a speed deck, which is based on, I call them lighter cards. But those would be cards which take up less mana. And in theory, you know, as the game goes on and you have more mana to work with, you'll be playing, you know, several of these cards at a time. The strength of a speed deck is because it is so light. You know, early game, when you don't have a whole lot of mana, you've pretty much always got something you can play onto the board or play, you know, to attack the hero. So you've always got something sort of very quick off the bat. The disadvantage to a speed deck is that, you know, later game you're going to have a problem because as the powers and as the minions start to, you know, increase in their size, you know, how much damage they do, how much damage they can take, you're still going to be plinking away with these small numbers and you're probably going to have a hard time, you know, keeping up with those big numbers. A speed deck would target, I would say, most of their cards being somewhere around 2 or 3 cost. The next style is what I would call a balance style, which is what I tend to use the most. In a balance style, you have sort of what I would call a slide to the right, if you look at sort of a graph style of the cost of cards. You'll have a decent number of 2 and 3 cost, and then fewer cards of one or zero cost and four and five cost. And then just a few cards that are really heavy, like five, six, seven. You know, those cards, you only have a few of them. But there's a, a decent spread. And so that way, you know, you have some, you have a decent number of stuff you can play early or mid game. And then, you know, as you get late game, you do have those bigger cards you can throw out there. And then the last style I would say is a late game deck. And that's probably something where you have a pretty even number of pretty much all of the card costs. You don't want to go, you know, super heavy. So I would say, you know, an even number across the board is probably okay for a late game deck. The weakness for the late game deck is that it is vulnerable to something like a speed deck. Which, you know, makes sense because the speed deck is vulnerable to a late game deck. If somebody gets out there and they get board control and they start beating you down early on, you might not get to, you know, the middle or late game before you're dead. So a late game deck is really risky. You have to be very careful with how you build it. So again, um, you know, hopefully this helped people more than it confused them. As you play the different heroes and sort of level up and get familiar with, you know, their strategies and what's out there, you know, in terms of overall strategy, You'll find the style you like for how interactive your particular hero slash class cards are in relation to, you know, untyped cards, as well as do you like a faster deck? Do you like a deck that's more balanced or, you know, do you prefer fighting a lot in the late game? And as you get familiar with, you know, which heroes sort of focus on which styles, you'll sort of find a happy place, I guess. Or, you know, you can say, I like this class and this class and this class and I like this kind of style and this kind of style. But, you know, this style works better with this class and this style works better with that class. And so it will all sort of come together. But I would recommend as you start out, you know, just unlock those heroes. Try out the different heroes with the free deck that you get. And then, you know, get a feel for how they work, how their strategies work and, you know, which one you like the best. And hopefully, you'll find your way and be able to make a solid deck when you do decide to, you know, make your own decks. So I picked up Plants vs. Zombies 2. Surprisingly, it is free to play. So anybody can pick it up. If you like the first one, I would recommend you pick up the second one because it's free. I believe it is iOS restricted. So iPhone and iTouch probably and iPad only. It's not out for any other devices. I don't know if that's permanently or just, you know, right around launch. would seem kind of strange if that was permanent. For those who have not played the first one, Plants vs. Zombies is a tower defense game, but it is based on lanes. So the zombies kind of walk from the right side of the screen to the left, and you set up various types of plants to kill them before they come eat your brains. In terms of differences between the first and second one, the second one has sort of an intro level pretty quick if you've played the first game you could probably skip it if there's an option to skip it. it doesn't teach you anything new there are no new tricks in the tutorial it's all basic stuff but after the tutorial it looks like the game will be split into three parts I have only played maybe three or four hours total so I'm still in the first part and each part is themed by a particular time And the first time is sort of Egyptian time. So the zombies have a little bit of, you know, Egyptian flavor. They have sort of sphinx-looking hats. I'm not sure what they're called, but, you know, the hat that you see on sphinx. Or, you know, sometimes Anubis has that same kind of hat. You know, some of them have that. There's one that has a staff that looks Egyptian as well as sort of I guess a sash over him. not sure what it's called, but it's like a strip of material that has hieroglyphics on it. But anyways, it looks like there is now a pathing system on a map. And you can go from here to here. And the levels go sort of one at a time from what I've seen. And it looks like there are branching points that go off the main path. But those branching points require keys. And as part of the new free-to-play system... I believe you probably have to buy those keys. I just got one, but the doors that I can get to are all like three and four keys. So I really don't have any idea how to get more keys. There are new plants in those areas. So I think that's how you unlock extra plants. And there's also a store where you can go and you can pay, you know, real world money to unlock them immediately. The first big change you'll notice besides the new map system and it being split into three areas is that plant food is now an item that drops in the game. Before it was kind of a mini game and you used it to grow stuff. But in this one, it works like a power up. You have a very limited number of them that will show up during the level. And when you use them, it will supercharge the plant you put it on. Like if you put it on a sunflower, It will produce a tonne of sun really fast. If you put it on a pea shooter, it will change from a regular pea shooter to one that has sort of a Vulcan cannon and it's got, you know, that little helmet. And he'll be like, and shoot like really fast. And these will only last for a few seconds. Coins are also new. You get them during the level for doing different things. They can be used to buy the plant food. And later on, I would say after about an hour into the game, you also get sort of power ups and the coins can be used to unlock the power ups as well. The power ups are pretty cool. They actually use the touch device interface, I guess you could say, very well. One is you can flick zombies and one is you can pinch their heads and the other one is you hold your finger down and it kind of shoots lightning at them. And again, these only go for a few seconds. So I'd say, you know, they're pretty much emergency use only. And being somebody that doesn't pay for, you know, in-game purchases, I've really never had them, you know, available because they cost the coins. And the coins aren't accumulated all that fast. And they require, you know, like, I think it's 800 and 1,000 and like 1,200 coins. And in a game, you'll only get like a couple hundred those are pretty much the only differences. Like I said, I've only played a few hours. I'm in the first section. I'm not even, I think, two-thirds of the way through it. But if you were a fan of the original Plants vs. Zombies, I would say you will probably have a very fun time with this one. Again, it's free to play if you just do the basic game and you don't do any of the you know, in-app purchases. So, you know, uh, there's no reason not to check it out if you like the first one. Since I haven't completed it, I guess I can't really give it a fair, you know, point-slash-star rating. But like I said, you know, if you liked the first game, this one seems like a very solid continuation of the series and is probably worth looking at. Everybody was kung fu. Kick Ass 2 is out. I've been looking forward to this ever since I heard about the announcement for it. It is so good. There are a lot of characters in it that were not put in the advertising at all. So I was kind of surprised that there were so many characters and had this really big cast. You know, when I remember, you know, the first one being focused on just a few people. It wasn't surprising in a bad way, just surprising. Many sequels fail to be as good as the original because the original tends to be sort of the origin story for, you know, the character or characters involved. This one does exceedingly well. It's kind of an evolution of the characters, you know, where they are, you know, emotionally and, you know, growing from beyond what happened to them in the first movie, as well as it being an evolution sort of of that universe overall. In the first movie, it was supposed to be that, you know, Kick-Ass and the people, you know, he were fighting were the first, you know, heroes slash villains, you know, in that universe. So this expands on it. There are new heroes, there are new villains, and tells sort of the origin story of, you know, everybody else, and how, you know, the world changed from being what it was to, you know, a place that has a lot of Heroes and Villains. It basically picks up right where the first one ended. The main characters are dealing with the death of Big Daddy and trying to, you know, sort of move on with their lives. If I recall at the end of the last one, it sort of showed them trying to, you know, start a normal life. In this one, you know, they're still trying to deal with it. They're still trying to get familiar with it and get comfortable with, you know, having a regular life. Or, not depending on the character both the good guys and the bad guys realize that sort of the state of the world is escalating and you know they deal with sort of those changes and escalate themselves to go along with it it is super violent and there is a lot of really awesome fighting i really like the choreography and how the fights go and it seemed very low in terms of actual gore compared to what it could have had for the level of violence. I actually kind of remember being really kind of shocked at the, you know, level of violence and gore in the first movie, and this one, when there was gore, it seemed, you know, really appropriate and kind of comedic in a way. There was this one thing I had kind of an issue with. They called it a sick stick, and it made people throw up and poop their pants and Seemed just overly childish and really extreme, and they kind of carried that for a bit too long, I think. I think it was kind of unnecessary, and, you know, they gave it a little bit too much focus. But I guess it works. You know, it didn't ruin the movie or anything. It did feel like they were kind of going for a younger audience, like maybe more of a teen audience or sort of mid-teen audience than the previous movie, which seemed more kind of teen slash Young adult. There seemed to be quite a bit more humor, and there seemed to be kind of a lot of focus on growing up, which makes sense because, you know, they themselves are supposed to be teenagers. In the end, it's a lot of fun action, and there are actually quite a few really good messages about taking responsibility for yourself and taking action. If you liked the first kick ass movie, I would highly recommend you go see the second kick ass movie. I would recommend Popcorn because it is silly, light-hearted action. And I would recommend you go with Friends because it's kind of fun and I think a good movie to share with friends. If you have not seen the first Kick-Ass movie, and so, you know, you don't know if you might or might not like the Kick-Ass series, I would say if you are a fan of superhero movies that aren't quite so extreme, you know, like... Superman or Iron Man, if you are more into somebody, you know, like Batman or, you know, just any other movie that has regular people acting heroically, then I think you would probably enjoy the Kick-Ass series. And I would highly recommend you rent the first one and then, you know, decide if you want to go see the second one while it is still in theaters. At the very end of the movie, past all of the credits, there is a special something. So be sure to stick around for that. news this week is pretty short. Gamescom is happening pretty much the weekend of this podcast releasing. I don't know the exact dates, but you might want to check your favorite gaming news sites and see if any interesting news came out from Gamescom. I am recording this on Wednesday and there's already some news about a Diablo 3 expansion. I believe that came out of Gamescom. So by the time the podcast comes out, there might be other interesting news you might want to check out that I don't talk about because, you know, I'm recording now. And that's all the news for this time. Hi there, and welcome to the treasure chest. We gather to thank those who surrendered booty to the rabbit. I'm sure we can all agree we love a little booty now and then. <laughs> the following be all the rapscallions that donated their booty. The pirates do be wishing to thank Karen D, Daniel C, and Denise P for the birthday lutes. Three cheers for birthday lutes! Hip hip. Arr. Hip hip. Arr. Hip hip. Arr. I guess that is it for this week's Rabbit's Rumblings. Hopefully everything sounds okay on the little netbook. And again, hopefully, you know, I'll get my new battery before, you know, I do my next recording. And I can record, you know, as normal. It'd be awesome if the new battery actually lasted longer. Because the old one, you know, would die after like 45 minutes. But again, you know, even if it was, you know, a 10 or... 15% improvement, which is probably the most likely case if it was an improvement. You know, that's only, you know, a few minutes. It'd have to be like 30 or 40% to be even probably noticeable to me. But hopefully that will get to me soon, and, uh, you know, I'll see roughly if there is any improvement. That's pretty much it. Hopefully my rambling about Hearthstone did not confuse anybody. I know it was less of a actual review and more of a rambling about the various features so my bad on that but you know it's a collectible card game which is kind of really difficult to describe in terms of it looks good it sounds good the animations are really awesome and I like them a lot because you know at its core you know collectible card game you've pretty much seen and done everything you know within one hour so you know (laughs) it's not like A regular game where you're looking at 20 or 30 or maybe even 40 hours to play through before you've seen all the content. You know, with a collectible card game, it's more about, you know, figuring out the strategies, looking at, you know, the different cards, figuring out which cards work with which other cards and building decks around those themes. And maybe you pick a specific theme, like I have a paladin deck that I call the Stormwind Army. And, you know, there's the paladin and then there's a lot of cards with stormwind in the name or they look like, you know, soldier characters. You know, themes like that, you know, you can you can build and test them out. So I guess in a way it's it's kind of like trying to review Legos. <laughs> you know, it's like there's so much creativity going on. It's not just about what it does, but you know, how you interact with it. Anyways, uh, rambling again. I like it very much. As you can tell. But I guess that's it for this time. I don't know what I'll talk about for next time. I was thinking of getting the new XCOM game but I decided to hold off and wait and see what the reviews say and the review I saw said it was pretty terrible so I'm not going to pick it up. Oh there was an announcement for an expansion to the original XCOM game. I think that's other news that came out of Gamescom. I don't think there was a date for it so I expect it will probably be you know at least several months. But that should be cool. It looks like they're adding some very cool new features. One of my biggest complaints about replaying XCOM was there was only like, I don't know, half a dozen maps, it felt like. It's like there were so few maps. And I I never understood why it's taken them so long to get any kind of, you know, real downloadable content. So it'd be quite exciting to see, you know, the first actual downloadable content for it. But I can't think of anything else to say. Hopefully everybody had a good time, I guess. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. Well, I was 21. It was a very good year. It was a very good year for city girls who lived up the stair with perfumed hair that came undone when I was 21. Oh, i uh, edit this back in at the beginning. Uh. Not that, obviously. As well as, do you like a faster deck? Do you like, you know, a mid-let... Do you like a deck that's sort of, you know, and so it will all sort of come together. But I would... would, would, would. A strip of material that has runic on it, that has high... high, You know, available, because they cost the coins, and the coins aren't accumulated, are that... Checkmate. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space. And be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's ramblings is copyright 2013 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.